You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. I just love that song because it speaks so much of the journey many of us have. I know that when I was 19 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ in my life, and for 45 plus years, I have seen the faithfulness of God. How about you? I know I have, man. Amen. You may be seated. In those 45 years, it's been a journey, and there are times where I questioned God. There were times where I would say, God, where are you in the midst of this difficulty, this adversity, this, this trial, this, this situation? But when I, when I remained uh, just focused on him, you can look back and you can see, oh, there where he was. You ever seen, as you look back on your life, the faithfulness of God and the presence was there? He was there. We didn't realize he was there. And so, man, I'm telling you, if you've never committed your life to Christ and you haven't experienced that kind of unconditional love and faithfulness, my prayer on every campus that you would accept Christ today. I'm telling you, he will reset your life. So many of us, we, people let us down. People are unfaithful, but God is faithful. He's a rock. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love isn't fickle. He loves you right where you're at. But man, come to him. Receive Christ into your life. It, it, then you'll say, oh, I get what that song is really saying. Amen? Hey, can we welcome all of our campus to start? Maybe all the way out in Land O'Lakes. Hey, Land O'Lakes, good to have you. Why don't, why don't we do it this way? Let's just clap at the end. Can we do that? We got, we got, we got our, our Lutz campus and Tipple Terrace and Carrollwood and South Tampa and Ebor and Clearwater and those online. Come on, one big man. Good to have all of you with us. I, I actually, I'm, I'm surprised you're still here. I mean, we had this series, I'm fu- we're finishing today, four-week series on You Asked For It. And so the first week was my week, and, I, and it was about the truth about hell. And then we had 525 people, by the way, commit on a commitment card, either a recommitment or a commitment to Christ Jesus, amen, after that message. The second week, we talked about suffering and how God can still have purpose in the midst of suffering and, and when bad things happen in this broken world that we can still have victory. And it was how Mary did that, did an awesome job. Then last week, uh, Pastor Daryl did one on sex and identity. Oh yeah, you wanna get that one. It really, it just, and so we're hitting all these subjects. I'm like, three weeks in a row of heavy stuff and people showed up again. And actually, this could be the most difficult one. How can it be more difficult than hell, suffering, and sex and identity? Well, you know, every year we do a, a two or three week series in February and on money and finances and what God says about it. And uh, normally during that two or three week series, it's like uh, people go on vacation because they go, oh, I don't want to hear that. And, uh, but, but we have so many questions after that series. I took all those questions, a lot of them, some of the ones that are, that are asked the most, and, and so we're going to do is we're gonna talk about money, and you can feel already the, the tension in the room. I, I, I know, it's, it's an emotional subject. It's, it, it gets to our emotions. Money can be emotional. Uh, it's an emotional event sometimes. You ever had one of those times, maybe I have, where my wife, remember, we were newly married, didn't have a lot of money, and I, and my, I lost my wallet. My wallet, at least for us, was a lot of money in that wallet, and I got highly emotional. I just started freaking out. I was having a meltdown, like, what are we gonna do, right? I was emotional about it. And, 
And thank God we found it. Uh, but you know, I, I never got a, that emotional when we lost our cat. I don't know, it's just no big deal to me. Some of you cat lovers, I'm, I'm checking out. I can't believe you said that. Just trying to have some fun here today, okay? We're trying to help you to, to laugh a little bit. Money issues, though, create a lot of tension. In fact, money issues have destroyed marriages. They, they say 50% of marriages end in divorce because of financial conflict. That's why we have something called financial freedom coming up. October 9th on all campuses, it's gonna be starting. It's five weeks of financial freedom. Listen, man, I pray that you would go to this class. It will help you if you're married. Not only will it heal your finances, it'll heal your marriage. We have so many people that go and they go, man, we got on the same page, we got in alignment, we, we got a plan. Uh, we wanna help you, we wanna encourage you uh, to go uh, go to that class, financial freedom, five weeks. Come on, five weeks that can literally change your financial future. So we encourage you uh, to check that out. But we're gonna talk about what the Bible says about it. We're, every answer I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the biblical answer because we believe that the Bible is the blueprint for everything in life. It's the blueprint for marriage, for parenting, for relationships, for our future, uh, uh, it, it has everything in it to help us to walk through this life with God's wisdom and in the light of God's word. So we're gonna kinda look at what the Bible says. So here's the first one as we get into it. And you would think, why do you have to answer this one? And I understand, let me just say, thank you. The generosity of Grace Family Church is amazing because many of you already get this. But some of us, we maybe haven't got it yet and we want you to understand that, that God has a better financial plan for you. And my wife, every time I do this message, she's like, oh, please smile a lot. Just smile. So that's my one smile, okay? I, I'll try to smile, but, um, but here's the first one. What is the tithe? What is, what is a tithe? What, what is that? Well, literally, that word tithe is, means one-tenth or 10%. That's what the tithe is in Leviticus 27.30. You can follow along, it says, a tithe of everything. Come on, everyone say everything. From the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. So the tithe, listen to this, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Doesn't belong to you or I, it belongs to God. In fact, he says, why? It is holy to the Lord. That word holy many times means to set apart. It's, it's to be set aside. And so it's holy it belongs to the Lord, and, it, and it's his. And, 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 and many times in the Bible, when God mentioned something that is holy, you weren't supposed to touch it. Don't touch the tithe. Don't spend the tithe. That's, that's, what, um, that's the answer for what is the tithe. Here's another. We hear this one all the time. Do I give on the net or I give on the gross, right? That's a good, honest question. And hey, I'm just excited that you're giving. But if you want the biblical answer, Okay, the word of God's very clear. In Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part. Come on, everyone say first part. You're gonna hear that a lot in the Bible. The first offering, the first fruits, the first lamb. It's, it's putting it first. It's honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income on, all, not part of it. It says all your income. Whatever your income streams are, the Bible says that we should give him the first part of it and he will fill your barns. Here's a promise. Every time we honor God and put God first in an area of our lives, he blesses that area. He, he, he does. 
It says, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wine. So here, let's just do a little math so it's very clear. I just, I'm a simple person, simple guy. I'm gonna bring real clarity all your income. So let's just say all your income is, your gross income is $1,000 per week. What is a tithe of 1,000 a week? Come on, someone tell me. 100, there you go. Okay, let's, let's up it a little bit. How about 5,000 a week? What is a tithe gross of the 5,000? 500, man, we got some math teachers way up in the back. Some of you are thinking, man, I wish I made 5,000 a week, then I would get, no, 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 no. You first, you're faithful in a few things, right? You're faithful with a little, and then God will promote you. Why would God wanna give you more if you can't tithe on what you have now? Just a question, just something to think about. How about this one? Uh, a, 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 if your gross is 100,000 per week, woohoo, right? What would that be? What was the tithe of 100,000? Come on. 10,000, there you go. I know you're just trying to help you here. Okay, so here's what I also know when I say all your income. Debbie and I, uh, three, I think it's been four years now, we, we sold our home, we had been in for 20 something years, and we built another home next to my grandkids with the permission of their parents. And uh, four or five doors down, and, uh, but when we sold our home, because we had had it for so long, we had something called equity. I mean, equity, right? And you know what equity is, don't you? It's the amount gained on based on what you, what you paid for it, but here's what it's worth now. That in between is the equity, so that is actually income. And I remember being excited about that income, and then God reminded me, hey, remember all your income, and I said, I rebuke that. I don't wanna hear that. And I remember wrestling for a few weeks after I had closed on the house, wrestling with, wait a minute, this does belong to the Lord, it's part of my income. And so those, that's just one stream. It could be stocks, it could be, now there was something really weird that happened a few weeks ago, true story. I'm, listen, I don't make this stuff up, okay? About a month ago, I think someone, sometimes when people write a, a tithe, they'll send a little note and they go, "Can Pastor Craig, I want them to see the note. Sometimes it's a testimony. I've been doing this and God's blessed me. Well, this was kind of weird. It said in the note, God was really good, for, good with, God really blessed me at the casino this weekend. I'm not kidding you. And, and it was a tie, I guess, from their winnings. And I'm looking at that going, okay, that's weird, but we cashed a check, I can tell you that. I don't know what you, <laughs> so I, I don't recommend that, uh, honestly, the whole gambling part, but uh, anyway. Uh, honor the Lord. And you know that word honor, when you think about it, if, if, if God is really saying something to us, if honoring God means giving him the first part, then dishonoring God means giving God the leftovers. Now that's where it gets emotional. Just get through your emotions in the room. I, I just want us to think about that. That's the word honor first. God wants the first part. That's, that's where God wants us to be. Uh, in our lives. God wants the first part, the first fruits, the first lamb. That's how God sets it up for us. So here's the next one. Um, I hear this a lot too. Uh, my tithe, and this comes from people most of the time, not everyone, who make a lot of money. And they're thinking, man, a tithe off of this was really big. I mean, I just, that seems like a lot just to give to a church, so they want to what we call designate the tithe. They go, well, I'm gonna give 2% here and 
I'll give 2% over here, and I'm gonna give 2% here, and, and I'll help out the cat people. I'm gonna give 2% to that cat rescue place, right? And say, I gotta clap. Someone's excited about the cats again. And, and they go, so that's how I see it. Well, again, that's not what the Bible says. It says in Exodus 23, 19, there's many other places. It says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And the first fruits is always referring to the tithe, the first fruits, the first part. It belongs in the house of the Lord. I had a guy sit down with me one day after a, a tithing series. Man, I, I'm struggling. And, and, uh, but he was honest about his struggle. He goes, I just sold a business and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this thing out and I'm kind of new to this, and, and I just said, well, look, he goes, all these people are coming after me going, hey, can you give here, here? He goes, I just don't know what to do. I said, well, you know what the Bible says? He goes, well, I, I think I do. And so I shared with him some of the same scriptures, and, and then I shared with him our investment portfolio. He goes, what is that? I said, do you understand the things that you're wanting to do is already in our investment portfolio because 10% of all the income that comes into Grace goes back out to local and international missions. In fact, put it on the screen. They'll put that on the screen. You can see some of the things that we, these are things that you already give to. The Dream Center in Ebor, our Dream Center. I mean, you've never been down there, go volunteer. It's our after-school mentoring program for the under-resourced in that area. It's amazing ministry, and we're there five, six days a week with these kids uh, after school. Uh, the local foster system, we're very supportive and support uh, foster care. Uh, just starting over, New Life Warehouse, amazing ministry that, that, that really just starts life for people over with furniture in, a, in, a, in their apartment or, or in their house. Metropolitan Ministries, amazing ministry to the homeless. You ever been down there? Go visit. It's amazing ministry. Uh, and then the benevolence of single moms and camp scholarships. Th these are things we do all the time that you never hear about. You know, camp, it gets more expensive every year, but we said, you know what? Camp is worth it because we believe it's a defining moment in a teenager's life. Debbie and I have been doing camp for like 40-something years, and we're gonna continue to do it, but we subsidize camp. Even when, we, when people pay, it's never enough, so about $150,000 to $175,000 a year, we subsidize as a church. You do. When you give, you're helping us get kids to camp. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's, that's what you're doing. Put it back up there. I'm not done. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. And, and then you, you can see the sex trafficking one. You know, there's all that. There's ministries we support, and, and those there are global partners that feed children, educate children, reach children for Jesus all around the world. These are things that are happening every time that you give. And so when you say, I would like to parcel it out, I just believe that the tithe is holy, and you need to say, no, the, the tithe belongs to the church. Now, offerings, you can designate above the tithe. Offerings can go anywhere. But I know that seems self-serving, but I'm just telling you what, what the Bible says because that's what's helping. And you know, those things are the things, I call them their sexy things to give to. Ooh, I like that. But there are other things that when you give that, that you don't realize uh, that are helping us every day at Grace Family Church. I mean, every day. I, I don't think we realize when you have seven campuses and, and, and when you think about all of our campuses, some of them 20, 25 years old, some are 15 years old. Anyone, know, anyone knows what happens when your house gets old? Gotta fix it, things break down. You know, and it's so funny, so we got seven of these. And, 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 and it's crazy, God's blessed us and we've been able to, and, and this isn't a complaint, because of your generosity, 
we're able to fix these things. But just our, our weekly uh, budget meeting last week, uh, we found out that our South Tampa campus, don't panic South Tampa, our air conditioning, uh, ha only half of it's working, so we gotta get a whole new air, con air conditioning system in, half a million dollars. Yeah, wow, so uh, I know some of you over here go, I don't care about South Tampa. Well, you should, it's, we're one body, right? And then, and then over here at the Lutz campus, we got two units that are 20 years old. We found out they need to be replaced. That's another quarter of a million dollars. That's three quarters of a million dollars just getting started. We got some of our, our soundboard equipment that the company went under that we were using. Now there's no parts for the boards we have. In the next four years, we gotta put another quarter of a million dollars just to get new, new, new sound stuff uh, going on there. I mean, right now, we're trying to finish Clearwater. I'm just giving you, this is almost like a business meeting, but I just think we're unaware sometimes, right, of what's really going on, that what we do here uh, is a wonderful ministry, but ministry, if you do it with excellence, it costs, it, it costs something to, to do what we do with your children. How many appreciate our children's ministry? Man, they, they kill it there, you know? Uh, you know, we should tithe where we are fed, where we are cared for, where we are led, uh, where our children are taken care of. I mean, that's this, what, what we do, but you know, I, I lost my train of thought. Our Clearwater campus, which is our newest campus, we're excited about. They're in phase two, trying to get to phase three. It's another seven or eight million dollars to get finished with our Clearwater campus. They're meeting there, but the bigger space and all that needs to be done. So these are just things that, that are going on that you need to be aware of. So when you, when you give, you're helping us reach people, whether it's in Clearwater or Ebor or around the world. So I just want us to, to see that and understand that. That's not sexy. I can never get up here and go, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna raise money for air conditioning units. I ain't giving you air. I don't need air condition. Well, you should ask Clearwater. They did. You know, Clearwater, we were, had to stay in a tent for three months over the summer until our building was ready. And uh, they appreciate air condition in Clearwater, right? So these are just things kind of like that are happening all the time around here. You know, we have over 175 full-time staff at Grace Family Church that minister and love and lead and care and equip every department, every area of the church. Give them a big hand. They do an amazing job. And that's just the full-time. I know we're just on one campus because we don't see the big picture. Last weekend, our attendance was 11,600 people at all seven campuses. Man, that's crazy. Why do I give you the number? Because numbers do matter when you're talking about caring and reaching souls for Jesus Christ. We had over 200 water baptisms last weekend at Grace on all seven campuses. God, God is moving. I mean, uh, it's, it's crazy what's going on. Now, I, this is something, it sounds like I'm bragging. I guess I am, but I'm not. I had three of my friends call me and say, hey, congratulations, Pastor Craig. I, I said, for what? I don't know what, what's going on. And I guess, well, I do know about this. Uh, it's called Outreach Magazine. They report uh, growth of churches and size of churches every year. And uh, we were recognized as the third fastest growing church in America last year. I mean, I'm like, wow. And, and so I say all that because the more we grow, the more we expand, we're getting ready to start our eighth campus, that means we have to add staff, and there's just things that happen. That's just part of what it is, and it's not a complaint. I'm just trying to give you a bigger picture of what goes on uh, when we give. Is everyone okay with that? We kind of giving you a little, this is like a little business meeting in the middle of all this. That's just, you know, that's just where we're at. And uh, it's, it's crazy, it's, it's exciting, 
So we, we talked about what is the tithe. We talked about net or gross. Do I designate it? Can I keep it? Can I, can I split it up? I mean, pretty much as you can do whatever you want. But we're telling you what the Bible says. So, you know, I'm just giving you the biblical perspective for all this. So the third thing we always hear is people feel inspired or they feel convicted and they say, Craig, how do I, I want to get started. How do I get started? How do I become uh, more, more faithful in, in giving? Well, the Bible answers that for us too. The apostle Paul addresses this subject and he says this in 1 Corinthians. Now, regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave the churches in Galatia. Here it is, on the first day, there it is again, on the first day. Why did Paul say this? On the first day, set aside a portion of money. Why do you think he said the first day? Because if we don't set it aside on the first day, we wait to the end of the week, it's not there, right? And now what happens, so Paul is even giving us a procedure, a principle for this group way back 2,000 years ago that still works today. Set aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. And so how do we get started? We prioritize the tithe. We say, you know what, on my budget, I don't have a budget, then go to financial freedom. We'll help you get out of debt, we'll help you get on a budget, we'll help you find financial margin and peace in your life. You know what financial peace really is in your life? People go, man, I just want more peace, I feel like I'm always stressed out about money. I'm not saying you can get there tomorrow, but if you'll follow God's plan for finances, he'll teach you to go, if this is what you make, spend this. And, and if you can keep margin between what you make and what you spend, and you make that get bigger and bigger over time, not at the beginning. At the beginning, some of you are like, no, I make this much, and I spend this much, and I'm stressed out, right? Financial freedom, five-week class, we will help you uh, get started on this plan. And, and I always say this to people, uh, start somewhere, some of you go, I, I just can't do it. Then start 2%. I'm gonna dedicate the first 2% of my income to the Lord. Start somewhere. And I, I've heard story after story. Craig, I started there. And let me tell you what happened. And I was on a journey, two, three, four years. I have people telling me, I give above 10%. God opened doors. I can't believe what began to happen in my life. There are all these financial coincidences that I, I know weren't coincidences. It was God partnering with my finances. So I do know that, that when we give and we honor God, there is a blessing uh, in return. So it starts by, by starting somewhere, trusting God that he's gonna meet your needs when you put them first in your finances. Now some of us, we could do 10% today. We just haven't done it for whatever reason. Man, this is a big church. They don't need my money. You know, they, we're fine. And you're right, God's gonna ultimately provide for us. But God uses his people. The gifts that we have, God wants us to manage our gifts, which is our time, our talent, and our treasure. He wants us to manage those well. So we, we see that. So we start trusting God uh, in, in that way. So here's the last one, Malachi 3, 8 through 10. And before I do this, I always have the Bible theologian that comes up to me after the service and says, well, tithing, that's great, but that's, that's an Old Testament principle. And they say it's not in the New Testament. Well, then I say, well, it is in the New Testament, 
In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus confirms the practice of tithing. It'll put it, put on, are you gonna put it on the screen? He said, what sorrow awaits you teachers of, the, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees and hypocrites? For you are careful, here's, listen to what he's saying, to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Yes, you, you should tithe. This is Jesus, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important thing. He goes, hey, you should tithe, but treat people right. Treat people fairly. So Jesus confirms tithing uh, in the New Testament. And, uh, and in fact, I, I, I believe this, and I, I don't wanna take too much time on it, but you know, when, when people say, well, I follow the law and not the, the New Testament, the law is the tithing is an Old Testament law, I believe in grace. I said, be careful when you say that. Because we know that grace exceeds the law. What do you mean, Craig? Well, in the Old Testament, what did they sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins? An animal, a lamb, right? What was the sacrifice in the New Testament? Jesus. So if you're saying, I don't follow the law, but I wanna follow grace, then grace exceeds the tithe. Tithe is just the, the basic. It's, it's, it, it actually can be more than that, but I just, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to help some of you uh, Bible theologians out there to think about that a little bit. Here's what, here's what it is in Malachi 3. It says that it should, and I wanted to start at verse 10, but in my study, I just said, I just wanna skip over that because it's such a hard message, but you know, the Lord said, no, just, just start here, because in Malachi, the whole book of Malachi is about God's people, Israel, returning to him. They had drifted away from God, and they said, how do we return to you? They asked God a question, how do we return to you? And again, what's symbolic for Israel can be for us also. He says, should people cheat God? You have cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithe. Notice it says bring. It doesn't say give the tithe. You know why? You can't give something that never belonged to you. All we're doing is returning to God what originally belonged to him anyway. So it says bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which again, the storehouse is where the priests were at, the church, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, here it is, he, he, he's given you a promise, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you will not have room enough to take it in. Then he says, try it, put me to the test. He's really saying, I double dog dare you. Put me first in your finances and watch what I will begin to do in your life. So there's so much in here, I'm, I'm not gonna cover all of it, but I, I read in here that tithing is a blessing, not a burden. It shouldn't be a burden, it's a blessing for you, and it's a blessing for the kingdom of God, for God's work to be done, you know, when you think about that. And, and so I'll, I'll, I'll kinda end it with this. There's, there's three ways we can prioritize our, our money. We can live which live and spend, save, and then give. And if you live, save, give, it equals never enough. It'll never be enough. 
or you can begin to reverse the order and do it God's way. I'm gonna give first to God, I'm gonna save, and then I'm gonna live on the rest. If you give, save, live, it equals always enough. When we do it God's way, he'll always meet our needs. He will always provide for us. And that's why we're gonna end with this song about the faithfulness of God that we sang earlier. It is so true about every area of our lives. Every area of our lives, God can be so faithful in. But in this area of our finances, if we'll trust him, if you'll put him first in your life, and don't worry, some of you are freaking out, I'm not taking an offering at the end of the service. We just want you to think about the Bible and what it says and what God's challenged you possibly to do in your life, okay? Because we believe the greatest investment, the greatest investments are the kingdom of God and eternal life, things that matter for eternity. But on every campus, what we're gonna do is, come on, every campus, everyone stand up. Come on, stand up, every campus. We're gonna sing this song about the faithfulness of God. And as we do, man, if you've never experienced this faithfulness, commit your life to Jesus Christ. Let Jesus come into your heart and you'll be one of those people singing this song with so much meaning and emotion because you go, yes, I've seen his faithfulness in my life over the years. And it starts today. It starts with you today saying, you know what? I don't know what faithfulness is. I don't know what unconditional love is. I've been used, I've been hurt. People have been unfaithful to me. They've broken promises to me. They've forsaken me, they've abandoned me, but I'm telling you, we have a God who will never abandon you, who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, that when you'll fall, he won't mock you, he'll pick you back up. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, that'd be the first step for you. For some of us, we've already surrendered our life to Jesus, but like I say all the time, it's the last thing that gets baptized is our wallet. Let God baptize your wallet today, amen? Why don't you start giving it to him first? Come on, sing with us this song. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.